you don't manage your mind on purpose, so showing your brain contrary evidence, evidence that's contrary to your belief, it'll actually strengthen your belief. So be careful of the evidence that you're collecting to support the beliefs that you have about yourself. Think about telling yourself a new story about yourself. What would I like to believe about myself? What's one tiny thing that I could change about my beliefs about myself? Welcome to Is This All There Is, the podcast for high-achieving women who have checked all the boxes of success and are left feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and stuck. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ryan Fear, and in each episode, we'll use principles of cognitive psychology, feminist theory, and expert mindset coaching to help you build the confidence and clarity you need to accomplish whatever it is you want, even if you don't yet know what that is. Hey, everybody. How is it going? Welcome to Is This All There Is, episode number 36. I just came in from feeding horses, and it's a beautiful day outside. It's not quite as hot as it's been, but it's nice and sunny. And this is the time that I really like living in the Portland area. I struggle with the gray and the rain that we have for about 10 months out of the year. But there are a few months where it just is really nice. And today is one of those days. And every day that I'm out on our farm and interacting with the horses, I am super grateful to be able to live here and to have this opportunity in my life. And I also notice all of the things that need to happen. For those of you who own homes or own farms, you know that there is always something that's happening. Our homes tend to want to go back to the earth quickly if we don't maintain them. And with several acres, that seems to be exponentially true. And so every time that I go out and I'm outside, I have an opportunity to think about all of the things that need to happen, how our fence is falling down in certain areas, how dusty it is, the maintenance that the horses need, how I should be cleaning water troughs, you know, all of the things. Or have an opportunity to think about all the amazing things about our farm, like how some of the flowers are still blooming, how my husband's garden is looking amazing, how I live in a place where there are horses and a place to ride them, which is super fantastic. And so, like I said, every time I think about the farm or I go outside, I have this opportunity to either look for what's going wrong or to look for what's going right. And if I believed things like, oh my gosh, this farm is so much work. Why did we get ourselves into this? I mean, I definitely have thoughts like that sometimes, but if those were my beliefs, then I really would only see all the things that are going wrong. But I'm committed to maintaining the belief that this farm is an amazing opportunity for our family. We're so lucky to live here. It's a dream of ours that we've made come true. And I'm committed to believing those things so then I'm more likely to see all of the things that are going right. And that concept is going to be the topic of today's podcast. It's the idea of confirmation bias. So I'll explain what that is in just a minute, but I want to give you an example first. So I have a client who works closely with one particular coworker who is male, and this coworker really loves to tell her how to do things, even things that she already knows how to do, even things that she's better at than he is. But he loves to tell her how to do these things. He loves to 
make himself look good in front of their boss. He likes to diminish her accomplishments. And she's really, she's struggling with working with him. She just gets really angry whenever she has to be in the same room as him, which is hard because that's like 75% of her working day. And so we were talking about all of her thoughts about this coworker and all of her beliefs about him. And she had a list of all of the reasons that he's a horrible person. <laughs> and so this is an example of confirmation bias. So basically, our brains look for evidence of whatever we believe. So in this case, my client believes that her coworker is a horrible person, and she has all of this evidence of it. However, confirmation bias is the tendency to search for and interpret and recall information in a way that confirms the beliefs that you have. So in other words, we see what we want to see and hear what we want to hear. Your brain is basically a pattern-making machine. So that's how it makes sense of the world. It makes patterns. And confirmation bias is one of the ways that it makes patterns. So I like to tell clients that your brain is like a golden retriever. So golden retrievers are built to fetch. They're created to fetch. They're made to fetch. My dog, both of my dogs, actually, you throw a ball for them, they'll run to the ball, and then they'll get sidetracked and run somewhere else. They won't bring the ball back to you. Like, they're more than happy to chase a ball, but then you have to go get it and throw it for them again. But a golden retriever, at least the golden retrievers that I know, you throw a ball, they fetch it. You throw a stick, they fetch it. You throw a toy, they fetch it. You get the idea. So your brain is like a golden retriever. Your brain will fetch evidence of whatever belief you have, whatever thought you were thinking about a person or a concept, an idea, and give you evidence of that, that belief that you have. Once you believe something, your brain will look for more and more evidence to support that belief. And in fact, psychological studies have shown that confirmation bias is stronger for beliefs about which you have intense emotions. So, or beliefs that you've believed for a long time. So if you've believed, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I'm not good at my work, I suck at making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, I don't know, whatever it is you believe about yourself, your brain is going to double down on those beliefs because you believe them for a long time and there are intense emotions attached to them. So your unmanaged mind is kind of the opposite of objective. Confirmation bias means that your brain is always looking for more evidence of what it already believes. And if you don't manage your mind on purpose, so showing your brain contrary evidence, evidence that's contrary to your belief, it'll actually strengthen your belief. So contrary evidence will strengthen your belief. It makes you believe the thing you believe even more. So if you believe global warming doesn't exist, and I show you evidence that it does, if you're not consciously managing your mind and willing to be uncomfortable, if you're not managing your mind, you'll actually become more committed to the idea that global warming doesn't exist when I show you the scientific studies that tend to prove what, that it does. You'll react to contrary evidence by doubling down on your incorrect belief. This is why our political climate right now is increasingly problematic because people are not really looking at facts anymore and they're not drawing their own conclusions. They are 
and I'm guilty of this too, they are reading the news or getting news information that already supports the existing beliefs that they have and then using that to double down on those beliefs. And then if they see any any evidence to the contrary, they become extra stuck in the beliefs that they have. So what I want you to know about confirmation bias is that it's a human reflex. It's part of how our brains are designed. And it's important that you know it's a reflex to interpret new information as being supportive of the opinions we already hold. We actually search for things in the world that support our beliefs that we already have. And there are examples of this everywhere. It's amazing that any of us have survived this long with unmanaged brains without really being conscious of our beliefs. And when you're not managing your mind, your brain's always looking for more evidence of its negative beliefs. And it will find it because your brain can interpret anything to match its beliefs. That's what confirmation bias does. So for example, if I have a belief that I'm amazing and great, I can find and look for lots of evidence that I'm amazing and great and I'll find it everywhere. I can also have a belief system that I'm worthless and I'm not good. And I can find evidence for that as well. And I can make up stories about the things that I do or don't do that will prove it true. So why is this important for us to understand? It's important because whatever it is we believe is what we're cementing. So the beliefs that we already have, we're always looking to prove them true. And in my first part of work with people, one of the things they don't realize is that what they believe they're constantly proving true. So when I get clients that have never thought about what they think about, they don't even know that the recurring thoughts they have are driving this confirmation bias. They just think it's the way the world is or the way they are. They don't recognize that really what's happening is they have an underlying thought that they may or not, may not be aware of that they're constantly proving true. And that's why a lot of my clients will say to me, but it feels so true. And I'll say, of course it feels true. You've been thinking it for decades. You've been proving it true to yourself for your whole life, but that doesn't mean you have to keep doing that. If you believe that there's something wrong with you and that you're damaged, and you can look at your life and find lots of evidence for that being true, you can look in your day and find that evidence. You can look at what other people say. That doesn't make it true. It feels really true because you've thought it your whole life and you have this whole ream of evidence, but that's because your brain is biased to only look for the evidence that proves your thought true. You have all of this other evidence that you're disregarding that proves the opposite, but you're disregarding it. So for example, if you believe you're not good at your job, you're going to be looking at all of the work that you do, all of the feedback you get from other people, looking for evidence of you being bad at your job. However, there's probably all of this evidence of you being good at your job that you're disregarding. In fact, I see this with clients all the time. They'll tell me that they suck at their jobs. They're not good at being managers. They're not good at leading, whatever it is that they do. And I'll say, well, what, what is the evidence you have for that? And they'll have a ton of evidence. And then I'll say, okay, tell me about your last review. What did your boss say in your last review? And they'll say, oh, my boss said I'm doing awesome. <laughs> or I had a really good review. But that doesn't matter because I still suck at my job. Or they'll tell me about some amazing positive feedback that a coworker gave them, and they'll totally discount that as not true because it contradicts what they already believe, that they suck at their job. And so that's why criticism can be so hard for us when we believe we suck at our jobs because we're like, oh, yeah, there's more evidence that we suck at our jobs. 
But if we believed we were good at our jobs, the criticism would just be like another blip. It would be like, okay, thanks for the feedback. And you would either take it and improve your performance and move on, or you would just disregard it. More often than not, if there's a success in your job, your brain will interpret it to being due to anyone but you. And if there's a failure, it's always due to you. This is something I want you to really think about. Your brain will actually distort things to see them as failures if that's what you're looking for. I notice this all the time when I'm riding my horse and I'm in a riding lesson. That's one of the things that I love about riding and continuing to be a student of riding for most of my life is I'm always learning, I'm always improving. There's so many variables happening that it's really impossible to get it perfect. And that's good for me because as someone who tends toward perfectionism, doing something that you can't get perfect is super helpful. So in my writing lessons, if I looked at my performance through a filter of, oh my gosh, I suck at writing. Why am I not doing better? Everyone else is better than me. Then I'll find all the things that I did wrong. But I'm committed to the belief that I'm pretty good at writing. There are always things that I can improve and I'm always working on connecting with my horse. Then I look for evidence of how I connected with my horse. I'm looking for evidence of what went right. So your brain is even going to look at neutral things. It's going to look at things that are neither good nor bad and use them as evidence for whatever it is that you believe. So that's what's fascinating is you can really list a whole bunch of evidence for your story about yourself that means nothing. It's as if you had glasses taped on your eyes that make everything look blue. And you keep insisting to me that you had so much evidence that things were blue because you wouldn't have realized that the glasses were what was making everything blue. Same thing with your brain. Your brain takes this belief in its golden retriever fashion. It says, oh my gosh, yes, I'm going to find you all of the evidence of these things that you believe. You get the evidence and then that further empowers that belief or solidifies that belief. That's why it's so important to start with your thoughts, start with your beliefs, because a thought and a belief is just a sentence in your mind. So a thought is just a sentence in your mind, and a belief is a thought that you've thought over and over again. Neither of them are true. They just feel true because you've thought them so many times. So when you recognize that confirmation bias is happening, you'll start to see this really creates freedom to be open to believing things you don't believe yet because your thoughts about your evidence to the contrary aren't reliable either. And that's really a good way to use confirmation bias to your advantage. All of our thoughts are optional. Some of them just feel true because your brain's trained to find evidence of them. But really, you get to, it's, it's all made up, my friends. <laughs> you get to decide to believe whatever it is that you want to decide to believe. I know that makes your head explode. So here's how it works. Most of us think that we need to see some evidence before we can believe something new. We want the new evidence to change our beliefs. What confirmation bias shows us is that doesn't work, which is why you haven't changed your beliefs about yourself in decades. You literally won't even see evidence that confirms a different belief. Whatever circumstance happens, you'll interpret it to support your pre-existing belief, whatever happens. So really let that sink in. You think, well, if I just got some evidence that I was lovable, if I just got some evidence that I was good at my job, 
If someone else just validated for me in a way that would count as good evidence for me, then I could believe that I was lovable. I could believe that I was good at my job. I just need some evidence. But it's exactly the opposite because you won't see that evidence. Even if the evidence is out there, if you don't believe you're good at your job and you're waiting for evidence that you're good at your job, your brain isn't going to pay attention to the evidence that you're good at your job. You have to believe you're good at your job first, which is nuts, right? So the evidence may be purple, but you have these blue tinted glasses on and you're only seeing blue. So that's why we start with beliefs. We start with shaping and changing beliefs first, and then you'll start to see all of the evidence of how you're good at your job. So this is called, this is called belief without evidence. So you have a belief that you're unlovable, and then your brain finds all of this evidence due to confirmation bias of how you're unlovable. It can't even see the evidence of you being lovable. Even if I asked you, well, tell me about your past 10 relationships. And it turned out that to me, those are all examples of you being lovable. But to you, you can't even see that. This is why we start with beliefs first. And you can't just flip the switch from I am lovable or I am unlovable to I am 100% lovable. Your brain's not going to believe that. That's why we have tools to gradually start believing new beliefs and then you start to gradually see evidence of it, and it shapes your whole perception of yourself. It's really amazing. So you have to believe the new thoughts first, and then you start to see evidence of it. And you'll actually create the evidence for it because your thoughts create your feelings and your actions and your results. So if you start thinking that new thought and you believe it ahead of time, you'll start to see the evidence around you that confirms it, and you'll start to act in ways that produce more of it. So belief without evidence is super important and it's so hard to do. But really for any goal, I talked about goal setting and the 30-day goal in the last episode, or maybe it was two episodes ago. But really for any goal that you want, whether it's a financial goal or a fitness goal or some other travel goal, some other goal that you've set, you have to, you have to believe that it's possible before you'll achieve it. Because if you don't believe that it's possible, you're never going to achieve it. Same thing with your beliefs about yourself. You won't actually see the evidence of what you want to believe about yourself until you start to believe that thing first. So again, this is why our thoughts are so important. This is why we start with managing your thoughts and managing your beliefs because that opens up whole worlds that you're not even seeing. And this is exactly the work that we do in the Mindset Gym. This is why I'm so passionate about this work is that in the Mindset Gym, you will learn how to start creating belief without evidence. You'll learn how to start seeing these thoughts that are holding you back and these beliefs that are holding you back. Most of you right now think that I'm not good enough, I'm unlovable, I suck at my job, or just the truth. But they're not, they're thoughts, they're beliefs. And so once you start to see those beliefs and start to see them as optional, you start to get all of your power back because then you get to create a new story about yourself. You get to create a new narrative. And that's what I call living life on purpose. Because right now, you're just running by default. You're believing that the thoughts that your brain is giving you and you're letting your brain run the show. 
which is what we're designed to do. It's no shame or blame on you because not very many people teach this. But once you start to see your thoughts, once you start to see your beliefs and realize that they're 100% optional, you can start crafting a new story for yourself. You can start asking yourself, well, what do I actually want from life? How do I want to show up in this situation? How do I want to think about this relationship? And that gives you so much power instead of letting these default thoughts run the show. So again, this is the work that we do in the Mindset Gym. Love the Mindset Gym. It's so fun. It's six modules of learning to work with your brain to create the life that you want rather than letting the default brain run the show and then you end up feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and insecure. So I have a link to more information about the Mindset Gym below. And you're always welcome to send me an email and ask questions. Reach out. My email is Amanda at amandaryanfear.com. You can also find me on the web, on my website. The link is below, amandaryanfear.com. And I'd love to hear from you. All right, friends. Be careful of the evidence that you're collecting to support the beliefs that you have about yourself. Think about telling yourself a new story about yourself. What would I like to believe about myself? What's one tiny thing that I could change about my beliefs about myself? Hope you're doing well, and we'll talk next week. If you found this podcast helpful, head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And go ahead and send it to a friend while you're at it. Thank you. My mission in life is to liberate women from the limiting beliefs that are holding them back from living their fullest, most joyful lives. If you'd like to learn more about my work, check out my website at www.amandaryanfear.com. That's A-M-A-N-D-A-R-Y-A-N-F-E-A-R.com, where you can find links to join my free private Facebook group and learn more about working with me.